All right. Hey, before we get going, can we give it up for Elizabeth and the team tonight? They've been working really, really hard on that. I'm really proud of them. They've done a really, really good job getting ready. And so if you see them, make sure you let them know how much you appreciate them. And if you are watching online right now, welcome. Welcome to Eastside Online. We're so glad to have you. Do me a favor, get down in the comments section and just type in there. Let us know where you are worshiping right now. Where are you worshiping from with us right now if you're joining us on Eastside Online? So I, um, I don't do this very often, right? Normally, I'm the one up here making noise with the guitar. And so I am pumped to have this opportunity, but I'm beginning to think that our pastor um, doesn't trust me enough to give me any other topic besides the topic of worship. If you remember last August, if you were here, I preached on a worship topic last August, and now I've got something similar again tonight. And so I'm wondering if he's thinking that he's just the, the preaching worship guy. And, and on top of that, that's not the only thing. You, you don't laugh yet. He didn't even give me a whole verse. He gave me a seven-word phrase to work with. And I said, I can't preach that. And he said, figure it out, dude. You, can you hear him? Figure it out, bro. So um, as I got into it a little bit more, though, I realized that sometimes in the Word of God, that seven verse, a seven-word phrase is all that we need. And we can spend a lot of time on that. And so I am excited. We are going to pray, and then we're going to get into the Word tonight. So let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your Word. Thank you for how much you loved us. Thank you for how much that you um, have given us righteousness. Thank you for this, this section in Romans that, that we're taking some time and going through. God, I pray for your Holy Spirit to be here right now. I pray that... Um, it would not be my voice, it would not be my words, but it would be your spirit working through me. I pray you just anoint um, the reading of your scripture right now. And we love you, we give all this to you. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody says, amen. 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 Okay, so this week, we are in week three of slowly eating an elephant. And we're learning right now that Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 has so much meat in those couple verses that it's taking several weeks, five exactly, for us to get through it um, to really digest and work through this passage. And I told Dave this this week, I said, when he rolled this out a few months back and I looked at it, I said, man, we're going we're gonna to take five weeks and go through two verses. And I, I'll be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't real excited about this sermon series when I first saw it. But as we started digging through it, I started realizing how much depth and how much material is in those two verses. So uh, Dave, Dave has preached the last couple weeks on it. And let's just do a little review of what we've learned in those two weeks. This is, like I said, the third week out of five. Um, week one, if you remember, if you were here, Pastor Dave taught that because of God's mercy and because of his gift of righteousness to us, or because of his sacrifice, we get to obtain righteousness. Nothing that we could have done, nothing that we could have earned, we're never going to be good enough. We're never going to be righteous enough to receive righteousness. And so he said, I'm going to have pity on you. And here, let, let me give you righteousness. So that was week one. Now last week just absolutely blew my mind. And I have not been able to, I barely was able to write this this week because I was so stuck 
on this, on this thought that Dave presented. Um, I would rather be right than be popular. I would rather be right than be popular. I would rather be in right standing with my Father in heaven than be popular with man. That's a hard one to get right, isn't it? But what a powerful statement. If we can get that and we can apply that, I would rather be in right standing with my Father in heaven than to be popular with man. Now, we're gonna talk about what I got stuck with this week. The main point for this week is this is your spiritual act of worship. This is your spiritual act of worship. We've been in Romans uh, chapter 12, one and two. We're gonna put that up on the screen here. I'm a little old school. The older I get, the more I realize that I might be the crotchety old guy when I get older, because I wanna bring my Bible up here. We're gonna have it up here. But Romans 12, one and two, and you can read it off here. I'm gonna read it right out of the word. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So it's set up this way. Paul is basically saying to us, I'm imploring you, I'm begging you, I'm urging you, in view of God's mercy, to be living a sacrificial life that is holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. So I'm not talking about worship and music at all tonight. That's not what this is about. And as much as I love standing up here and, and singing and playing that guitar and leading this team and seeing our church worship, that is not what Paul is talking about in Romans at all. That has something to do with it, but that's not what this is about. It's not about song and dance. It's not about praise and worship in here during a church service. It's about giving everything back to the one that gave everything to us. It's about giving everything back to the one that gave everything to us. How are we doing there? Are we, are we really successful at that right now? Individually, as a society, as a church, are we getting that right? Usually if the room's silent, that means the answer is no. I wanna, take a, I wanna take a deep dive a little bit into a couple of the words here. I'm gonna show off my Greek, uh, which I learned um, on the computer in the last couple days. We're gonna dig deeper into these couple words because in that, in, that, um, in that section there, I'm looking at those seven word phrase that I got and there's two words there that, that stuck out, the word spiritual and the word worship. And so we're gonna put this up on the screen. Spiritual, in Greek, that is logikos. Spiritual means logikos in Greek. Now, some Bible scholars would suggest that this passage where it's used here is suggesting that it is something logical, right? Thus the sound logikos or logikos. So the word logical comes from that Greek word. The idea of this is that living our lives for the pleasure of God due to his mercy 
is the most logical thing that we could do. And if you think about it, it makes sense. If you think about it in a stripped down terms, okay, he's done all this for me, grace, righteousness, it makes logical sense for me to live for him, right? And then the second word there is worship. And the word worship is latria. And I may have butchered that, but that's what, that's what this online program told me to say. Latria, meaning to serve. It's easy, meaning to serve. Worship means to serve. The thinking here is that worship is something that we do to benefit God, not something we do to receive some sort of blessing from. So it's basically, it's saying that in light of all he has done for us, it is a logical act of service to live lives pleasing and holy to God. A logical act of service to live lives that are pleasing and holy to God. The last couple of weeks I've noticed that Dave has done this and so I'm kind of mimicking that, but he's come up with kind of a phrase each of the two weeks that is, is showing um, basically the section of that verse kind of uh, wrapped up into one statement. And, and going through that, this is, what, this is what I came up with. Because he gave us mercy and righteousness, our logical act of service is to live sacrificial, holy, pleasing lives for God. And you can almost read the verse verbatim like that. But if you break it down into layman's terms, into, into a simpler English terms, that's, that's what I came up with, that logical act of service. So worship is not just what we do in this room. Far from it, far from it. It's about how we live our lives outside of here. It's how we live our lives day to day. It's how we live our lives if they are lived holy and pleasing to God. So what is holy and pleasing God? Because we can stop there and say, it's, we can, okay, you know, yeah, we're gonna live lives that are holy and pleasing God. What is holy and pleasing to God? We've gotta answer that question. What and how do we live our lives daily in a manner that worships him? That doesn't just, doesn't just pay homage to him, but that actually worships him. We're gonna throw a couple things up here and uh, we're gonna go through these one at a time. And these are, these are maybe some things that, um, that I think would bring, bring glory to God that would be a, a spiritual act of worship. Let's put that first one up. Praying over dinner, okay? I think God's probably pretty happy about that. You, you, uh, you bow your head and close your eyes at the dinner table and, and you know, um, bless the food that we're about to receive. I think that makes God happy, right? Yeah? Okay, let's see the second one. Helping a little old lady across the road. I hope some of you all have done that before. I hope some of you guys have done that. Listen, this is a good thing. This is the thing I think that God probably looks down and he's probably like, yeah, good job. Good job, ladies. Good job, gentlemen. Okay, here's another one. Memorizing John 3.16. Way to go. Everybody, good job. Way to go. And you, you see that as we look at these, we can do these, right? We can do these in a day. This is probably not the hardest thing in the world to do. But what if, what if we have to go deeper? What if we gotta go and, and we, gotta, we gotta do something that's harder than walking a, a sweet old lady across the road? 
What if for us to live sacrificial, holy and pleasing lives for God, that we gotta get real about some things and we have to do some hard work? What if a spiritual act of worship is this? Forgiving someone that broke you. Now I'm hitting home, right? Forgiving someone that broke you. Here's another one. Surrendering and yielding your will to Jesus. Nope, let's not, let's not talk about that one. We gotta keep that for ourselves, right? Surrendering and yielding your will to Jesus. How about this? Being righteous and not popular. Am I the only one in here that struggles with that? You all struggle with that too? How about this one? Intentional and daily prayer and Bible study. That just, that just sounds hard. Those things sound like they take work, don't they? Yeah, they do. This is, this is tough stuff. None of this is easy. We've got to practice and we've got to discipline ourselves and we've got to seek his will in all these things. None of this just, it doesn't just happen like this. None of it just happens. We've got to take a lot of small bites of what we've been talking about. And one of the things we've been talking about is live your next. Live your next. Maybe for you, maybe one of your next over this vision for our church in the next 18 months, maybe one of your, one of your next that you need to work on is working on forgiveness. Maybe it's working on, I'm going to develop a intentional prayer and Bible study for myself, just between me and Jesus. Maybe that's something that you need to work on. I know what I'm working on. Maybe that's part of our live our next. I wanna invite my friend, Derek Ellis up here. Derek, you here? You guys give it up for my friend, Derek. Get on up here, big boy. I appreciate this. All right. Now, what's up, man? Hey, man, good to see you. Good to see you. This is, a, this is completely not planned. Like, I, I don't even know, I don't, why do you have a mic on? Yeah, right. This is totally unrehearsed. Like, okay, this, wow, this is weird. So, uh, Derek, Derek and his family have been coming to our church for several years, a long time. How many? 20. 20 years. Way longer than me. I was 20 when you started coming here. Thanks a lot. How about that? We've become really good friends in the last couple of years, and um, he is the head baseball coach for Jeffersonville High School. He's got three boys that are pretty successful in, uh, in baseball. His oldest son, Drew, actually plays for the Seattle Mariners in the major leagues, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. We got a major league ball player in our church. <laughs> I get the talent from mom. Now listen, listen, you're gonna have to call Drew later and tell him, um, that he didn't get the loudest clap more than Jesus did tonight. So we're going to have to work on that. So uh, you don't happen to have a baseball with you, do you? Man, believe it or not. <laughs> yes. Believe it or Let's not. See that you want to play a little soft toss <laughs> sure. tonight? Let's go. Okay. Okay. Now, we're going to talk a little bit, and I'm going to be the interviewee. And I'm interviewing Derek okay. for, I'm trying to think. For a baseball magazine, how about that? So um, we're gonna play a little soft toss here. So Coach Ellis, you know a few things about coaching, you know a few things about baseball, right? Uh, yes, depends on who you ask. 
Okay. Okay. Are we asking the right people then? Did I get the right guy up here? Okay. Okay. You're supposed to throw it back when it's my turn to ask a question. Just, yeah. just catch the ball, dude. So <laughs> that's what I've been worried about, actually. So it's safe. Is it safe to say that practice and repetition are important in building discipline? I think practice and repetition is basically the foundation of our success. Um, there's certain things that we do in our practice every day without exception. And by doing that every day, that builds on that discipline. So I think 100% that it's, it's critical that we continue to do that. So it's important. It's extremely important. I imagine then you would say that there's a big difference in the performance of a player who is disciplined and practices consistently versus one who skates by? Yeah, there's a visible difference in a player who loves to practice, who embraces the routine uh, of the practice um, versus the guy that is just there who shows up, kind of goes through the motions. Those guys usually get exposed in the games and the performance isn't very good. But I imagine that that disciplined player though, um, it's not always sunshine and rainbows for him. It probably gets tough sometimes, right? It does. I mean, we, we practice a lot and, and we expect a lot out of them. And, and, you know, it's difficult to have that game face on every day. So the guys that get it really excel and the guys that don't, yeah. don't. Can you get better as a player? As an athlete, can you get better if you are sporadic or do you need to have a routine? That's an easy question, right? I don't know. You tell me. You're the coach. <laughs> I think it's critical that we have a practice plan and a routine every day in order for us to be successful and improve. Cool. I was talking to you on the phone the other day and... Um, in case you forget this line, I've got it written down right here in case you forget it. But Derek said something when we were talking. We were talking about, hey, you want to do this? How, how would this work? You want to come up here and do this? And he said something to me that I really thought was really profound. And um, if you can remember what you said. Well, nobody's ever said that I've said something profound. So um, <laughs> you're welcome. I, I think I said something like, um, if we're only going to work on fielding ground balls on Sunday for an hour, then how do we expect to get better or play well in the game during the week? Guys, give it up for Derek. Oh, you want me to keep this one? Don't let me forget to pick that up before they roll that screen off later. I'll, I'll, I was so blown away when he told me that on the phone because I was, I was like, that's exactly what I'm, I'm trying to say through this. I want to put this up here. If you only field grounders on Sundays, how can you expect to be ready to get in the game during the week? Y'all see where we're going here? Starting to make sense? Right behavior follows right thinking. Right behavior follows right thinking. Or let's think of it this way. Is it righteous behavior follows righteous thinking. If we're talking now about what we've been learning in Romans 12, we understand that we can have righteousness. So is it righteous 
behavior follows righteous thinking. I was meeting with one of my mentors yesterday morning, going over this a little bit. And this idea of yielding our will to God's will kept coming up over and over and over in this hour, hour and a half that we met. We will not figure this out until we learn to yield. When we learn to yield and give way to his purpose for us and his will for us. And so discipline, repetition, fielding grounders on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way through the week, getting those spiritual disciplines in place, those create good and holy and pleasing habits to the one that has given it all for us. Because if we are not worshiping, I'm gonna pull Dave, don't miss this. If we aren't worshiping outside of here, we ain't gonna do it when we come in this room. If we're not living it outside of here, we're not gonna do it when we come in this room. I've been there. I've been there. I wanna remind us of what we're reading again. Let's, uh, let's read Romans 12 again. Therefore, I urge you brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I told Dave last week, I said, hang on, so when I preach, you're gonna be out of town, right? He goes, yeah. And I said, so I can, I can say some things that I wanna say and you won't be here? He goes, I don't wanna come back to any problems, dude. So uh, do you guys mind if I ruffle our feathers for a few minutes? Uh, did you notice I didn't say, can I ruffle your feathers? I'm included in this. Can I ruffle our feathers for a couple minutes here? How are we doing with practice every day? How are we doing? Could it be that we've gotten this backwards? Could it be that the church, follow me on this. Could it be that the church has gotten this backwards? And we've, we've preached a message that says, if you do it right on Sundays, that's gonna carry over into the week. If you do it right here on Sundays, it's gonna carry over into the week. Can I suggest that, that for right now that we think of it this way? If I'm getting it right consistently, if I'm denying my fleshly desires, if I'm living a life that is holy and pleasing to God during my week, then when I get to church on Sunday, my time and my experience with the body of Christ is gonna be joyful and enjoyable and happy. We won't sit there and feel um, the burden of sin. We won't sit there and feel like we have to live in conviction because we're already doing it before we get here. Amen. Am I the only one that struggles with that? I've talked to some of you all personally and we've had these conversations and I know I'm not the only one. We've got, we've got to live holy and pleasing lives for him outside of these walls. Because some of us are the friendliest and most engaging people when we're, when we're here, out in the commons and in here, before and after church. But guess what? At home, we disengage from our spouse and we disengage from our kids. Come on. 
Some of us need to understand that raising our hand in worship and praising Jesus and praising the Father is much different than raising our hand at the end of the bar to order another round of shots for us and our friends. Some of us need to understand that just because you come here and you volunteer in a volunteer position, God does not give you a free pass then to say it's okay to go sleep with your boyfriend or girlfriend when you're not married. Am I talking to anybody? Because I'm getting ready to start preaching. <laughs> Some of us might want to check ourselves before we bow our head in communion and fold our hands. And we might need to think about that movie that we watched last night that had 47 F words in it and 26 GDs. Come on, what are we putting in here? What are we putting in here? What are we doing that's holy and pleasing? Some of us know these Bibles. We know this word of God front and back. We can quote it. We can come in here. We can be holier than thou. We can talk to our Christian friends and we say we love Jesus. But some of us in this room would not ever dream of opening our mouth and letting the name of Jesus come out to somebody at the grocery store. Why? Why not? You guys know I'm passionate on this. I talked about this a couple years ago up here. Some of us would never share the online service for our church on our personal social media pages. But we sure can lead the charge of division and strife when it comes to politics, elections, Roe versus Wade, and COVID. We're sure good at stirring up a lot of junk then, aren't we? Do you guys see that when we are out of balance in this, when we are out of whack in this, we are living lives and we're not living logical acts of service to Jesus. Not only does it impact us personally as a Christian individually, not only does it impact our families, not only does it impact our church, but it impacts people outside of here that don't know who Jesus is. It's not about us. It's not about us. Some of you in this room might remember a Christian, a Christian band called DC Talk. Last time I was up here, I talked about audio adrenaline, and now I'm talking about DC Talk. DC Talk was a really big, huge Christian band in late 80s through probably, probably 2000, I don't know. And um, Toby Mac is, is uh, still doing music, and some of the other guys are. But I was probably 12 or 13, and I had my Walkman, and I had the new Jesus Freak album. I think that's what it was called. And there's a song on there called, What If I Stumble? And at the very beginning of this song, some of you may remember this, there was a quote at the beginning of this song. And I remember that that just absolutely rattled me as a young teenager. And I never forgot this. And it's, it's come to my mind time to time. And as I was writing this this week, it popped into my brain. And it's got, by a guy named Brennan Manning. And he wrote um, the Ragamuffin Gospel and uh, he was a Christian, a Christian author, I believe. But listen to this. Listen to this quote. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, walk out the door, and deny him with their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Holy 
and pleasing. This is our spiritual act of worship to our King Church. But these problems are nothing new. None of these, none of these are, are just been around in the last couple of years. This has been going on for generation after generation after generation. And I can show you in, um, in Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet was speaking to Jerusalem, which was King David's city. And look at this, look at what he says in Isaiah 29, 13. The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules that they have been taught. Human rules that they have been taught. These people claim to be close to God, but they were disobedient and merely going through the motions. Therefore, God will bring judgment on them. Religion, hear this, religion had become routine and not real. It'd become a routine to them. It wasn't real. It was just something that, that they did. Do you guys remember, Dave told us a few weeks ago that one day we're all gonna get called to the front desk in heaven, right? And there's gonna be one answer. There's not gonna be, hey, can I make up for the grade? Can I do an extra credit thing? It's gonna be righteous or not righteous. It's gonna be righteousness or unrighteousness. I don't think there's one person in here that would say, oh, I'll pick the unrighteousness. Everybody here wants righteousness, right? Is this us in certain areas of our spiritual worship? Have we become routine and not real? And it does not end there. That's not just a one-time occurrence in the Bible. Jesus, six or 700 years later, after Isaiah said that, recalled this from Isaiah. In the book of Matthew, he was talking to a group of the Pharisees, which were religious leaders of the day, and he's talking to them and I love how this starts. It's in Matthew 15, and we're gonna, we're gonna read this. And I can just see as these, these religious leaders are kind of attacking Jesus and accusing him, and you see this first, I can just kind of see him standing there looking at them and kind of smirking. And I know he probably didn't smirk, but I wanna imagine that. This is my sermon, let me, let me imagine that for a second. He's kind of got his hands in his pockets and they're just kind of going at him. He says, you hypocrites. He just lets them have it. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. I don't want Jesus saying that to me. But if Jesus was here, if he was in our city, in our church right now, in human form, what would he say to us? as the church? What would he say to us as Christians, as his children? What would he say to us as the redeemed? Because it's time for us to mature. It's time for us to mature. It's time for us to get serious, friends. We've gotta get serious about it. It's time to stand on the word of God. It is time. Amen. It is time. It takes time though to mature. It takes time to plant roots. You know, you, you, plant, you plant a crop in the spring, next week you don't have full mature corn, right? For all my farmers. You gotta wait a little while because that's gotta take root. 
What happens to us when we plant our feet in the Word of God and we plant our feet and say, I'm going to live a holy and pleasing life. I'm going to live a sacrificial life for Jesus in light of His mercy, in light of what He did for me. He's given me righteousness because I could never attain it. So I'm going to plant my feet here and I am not going to move. And I'm going to let those roots go deep. You know what happens when we let our roots grow deep? You produce fruit. You produce fruit. You produce something that is of value, something that can help and nourish. It's time for us to mature. In this age of shortcuts and quick fixes, <laughs> we sometimes forget the principle that roots have to be established downwards before fruit can be born upwards. Roots have to be established downwards before fruit can be born upwards. When you are living your spiritual act of worship, when you're living in that, you will produce fruit. If you're not producing fruit, then you need to ask yourself, am I living in that? Am I living a life that's holy and pleasing? Am I sacrificial for my Lord? Am I? Because if there's no fruit there, you're not. I'm not. We know we're on the right path. We know we're living holy and pleasing lives to God when we produce fruit, when we bear fruit. We're gonna read a passage of scripture that a lot of you know. A lot of you know about the fruits of the Spirit. And this is one of those, you know, if you were raised in the church, this may be new, this may be the first time some of you have heard this. If you were raised in the church, this was something that, that you were asked to memorize as a kid. And you can, we can overlook this, how powerful this is. We can overlook this, and um, I, want us to, I want us to look at this together. Out of Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I love this. Against such things, there is no law. No one can come at you and tell you you're doing anything wrong if you're doing these things. But it's not about doing them, it's about producing them. And we can't produce them unless our feet are grounded, unless we have grown roots into this life for Jesus before we produce fruit. Are these evident, are these things evident in our lives? Family, I look at this and I realize that my roots, I, they need to go deeper. I'm not good at all those things. I'm only good at a few of those things. I'd like, to be, I'd like to be perfect in all of them. I know I won't be, but I'd like to be better. This is your spiritual act of worship. Worship is more than what happens in this large auditorium with other Christians who are singing together. It's even more than what happens in our lives in silent devotion with our Heavenly Father. It's even more than that. The ultimate definition of worship is how a person lives their life in a manner that brings pleasure to the one that saved them. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna be honest and transparent with you for a minute. Um, you guys, you all know this, I don't preach very often. 
I enjoy getting the opportunity to be up here when I do, but I don't do this very often. I'm not a polished and well-spoken and trained preacher. I don't have a, a seminary degree. I haven't studied Greek. Well, I, I studied Greek a little bit this week on the computer, so. <laughs> but, I, I've been, but I've been on stages and I've been in front of people. I'm 40 years old, I've been in front of people since I can remember, since I was a little kid, singing in dad's church growing up. Um, I don't get nervous about being on stage. I don't get nervous if there's a group of people in front of me. It's just, it, maybe it's just second nature by now. This week was a real struggle for me. This sermon was a real struggle for me. If you know me well, you know that uh, <laughs> preparation and being on time and being ahead of the game and having all your ducks lined up in a row, uh, those that serve on the worship team with me, they, they know that. <laughs> you know that, that is, that's something that's very important to me. And I don't know if it's OCD or what, but very structured and preparation is super important. And I've been scrambling all week to try and get this right. And in my struggles, it was almost as if God had shown me that maybe, maybe I was struggling with this because I'm not very good at living a life that is holy and pleasing to my God. You wanna talk about a, a punch in the gut. Here I am, the guy that's trusted to get up here and preach about spiritual acts of worship. And I'm looking at this and saying, Holy Spirit, I'm feeling some conviction that, that uh, there's some areas in my own life that have become routine, routine and not real. Maybe that's one of my live your next moments. Maybe there's some things in there that I can work on to bear more fruit. Just because I'm up on this stage doesn't mean I'm not in the same boat as every single one of you. I'm in the exact same boat. I'm no better than you. This is a lifelong journey. I saw this video on, on uh, Facebook a month or so ago, and I played it. And uh, you guys know I've never, I've never cried in my life, right? You guys know that. <laughs> I absolutely broke down and wept watching this video. I'm talking, I'm talking hot crocodile tears just streaming down my face. And I had my, I had my three-year-old daughter Ivy with me and um, we were sitting on the couch and I just watched this over and over and I'm holding her and she is, it's, it's, it's music and she's singing along with it and she's asking deep deep spiritual questions that I did not know a three-year-old could ask. And I'm just crying and we're looking at this. And I'm gonna set this up a little bit for us. It appears it's in a small village somewhere in Uganda, Africa. And I've, I did some more research on it and looked into it. And it's, in a min it's a ministry, it's called Yahweh Children Ministries. And it was founded by a guy named David Mubairu. And David was an abandoned orphan and his entire ministry is to take Ugandan children who have been orphaned or simply abandoned by their parents and take them into this ministry to feed them, to clothe them, to educate them and develop them. And he's not an educated man himself. He's a, 
He's an abandoned orphan. He's taking care of the least of them, just as the Bible said for us to do. I imagine that God is looking down and seeing the work that this man is doing. And I can almost hear him whisper, that, that's what is holy and pleasing to me. That's what's holy and pleasing to me. One of the things they teach these kids to do is they teach them worship songs. Uh, and you're gonna watch that in just a second. Let me tell you ahead of time, let me, let me, let me prep you. It's humbling. It's a gut check for us. These little kids have shoelaces and pieces of string for belts. Their microphone stands are broken pieces of sticks in the ground. Their microphones are old plastic water bottles. There's a little boy drumming on a bunch of old buckets with pieces of sticks. Everything that they're using for their instruments to praise God with their basic trash for us. And so uh, the question can be asked there, what reason, what reason do they have to be excited about life? What, what reason? They have Jesus. They have Jesus. And you're gonna watch this and you will see the love the joy, the peace, all of the fruits of the Spirit are on display in their voices, in their face, in their smiles. Why? Because maybe they figured out something that we haven't. In view of God's mercy, they figured out one of the bites of the elephant. They figured out their spiritual act of worship. Holy and pleasing to our God. Let's watch this video. 